Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Y'all can do better. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. I mean, it's 2020. This is the year we're supposed to start seeing clearly, pun intended. Um, it is Epiphany Sunday. Today is the day that we celebrate the journey and the experience of the Magi, of the wise men coming to find the Christ child. We have two scriptures I want us to explore today, and we're going to have those come up here in just a second. The first is from Isaiah uh, chapter 6. Get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness. All people sunk in deep darkness, but God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. Nations will come to your light, kings to your sunburst brightness. Look up, look around, watch as they gather, watch as they approach you. Your sons coming from great distances, your daughters carried by their nannies. When you see them coming, you'll smile, big smiles. This is from the message, in case you're wondering. (laughs) Your heart will swell and yes, burst all those people returning by sea for the reunion, a rich harvest of exiles gathered in from the nations, and then streams of camel caravans for as far as the eye can see, young camels of nomads in Midian and Ephah pouring in from the south from Sheba, loaded with gold and frankincense, preaching the praises of God. And our second passage is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on a pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified, and not only Herod, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd, rule my people, my Israel. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east. Pretending to be as devout as they were, he got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child. Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word, and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It let them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother, Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. 
Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And in a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod. So they worked out another right, another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. These passages that teach us about the prophecies about Epiphany, that teach us about the journey of the wise men, remind us that Jesus not only came for those in Israel, but for all people, for Gentiles, for each and every one of us. Included in these stories are are instructions and guidance and a roadmap to Christ. It's a little bit like our confirmation classes have been. Um, If you've been in confirmation here at the church, you know you get instruction and you get guidance along the way. But it's not until, you know, you're told, this is what I know about Jesus. This is how you get to him. But then when you have that encounter with him, When you come to know Him as your Savior, you are overcome. You are overcome. And that's the thing I want to focus on today. That last piece of the passage from Matthew. Overcome. These magi kneeled and worshipped Him. If you are seeking Jesus, I'm sure you have been told about who He is and maybe taught about Him, told how to get to Him. But until you have that encounter... Until you have that encounter, your journey is continuing. And when you get there, you'll be overcome. You'll fall on your knees and worship. Have that authentic Christian experience. We often in life are told about special things. And we prepare and we journey to see them. And then we experience it. I want to share with you a couple of things um, that might help you to understand that and the, the differences in this story today and why it's important that we celebrate Christ coming to all on Epiphany Sunday. So I love to travel and um, there are a couple of places that I've been that I've been told about. One is Mackinac Island. Y'all have heard me talk about Mackinac Island before. It's, it's way up north. It's almost in Canada. You have to take a ferry to get across to it. And I remember being told about how you could only get around by foot, horse, or bike. And thinking, okay, what do I do when I want my Sirius XM or my Pandora or Apple CarPlay or something like that. But, you know, everybody assured me that the quiet there and the, the, the peace there would feed my soul. And they were right. It was a long drive to get there. It's a long drive to get from here to almost the Canadian border to get up to the thumb of the Michigan. Y'all know it. If you've been up there, you know the thumb. It takes a long time to drive up there. And the whole way up there, you start seeing more and more that points you to let you know you're in a different place. But I'll never forget when I climbed the 272 steps, I think it is, up the side of a mountain to Arch Rock and walked out onto the, um, to the galley there and saw the double rainbow. It's the most majestic sight I've ever seen in my life, and I have pictures that I could show you, but it wouldn't do it justice. When you go somewhere like that, it's amazing. Who's been to Driftwood Beach at Jekyll Island? Anybody? Got a few people. Okay, if you have not been, you could tell people about it. You could tell people that it's on the north end of Jekyll Island, 
that there are trees that are carried out that are, that are old dead trees and they're carried out each day with the surf and they come back in and they get put in a different place. And you can even tell them that you will be reminded there that God can take things that look like they have passed their time, they are dead, they are no longer um, part of the living part of creation But each day, God takes those things that shouldn't be beautiful and brings them back and puts them in a new landscape and captures a beauty in a way that speaks to our souls and tells us it doesn't matter what's going on in here. I can take your life and make it beautiful. I can take it out every day with the rising of the sun. I can take your life and the things in it and make it beautiful. When I went to Israel, I was told I would see many sights, but that one sight would capture my heart, and it did. It was the Church of the Annunciation. And I heard about it, and I heard about all the, the versions of Mary that would be on the walls that different countries had had artists to create. But until I went in and stood in that space and felt the power of what it must have been like for God to speak to Mary, I didn't really get it. I've had some experiences in my life that have been pretty overwhelming and I've been overcome by. One was, um, I think it was about 12 years ago, a musical came out by the name of Wicked. I started hearing about it and then I started hearing the music and especially Lacey Daniel, if y'all know her, she sings Defying Gravity really well. And, um, And I heard the music and everything and this fall I had a chance to go see it and I left and I promise you I've been singing every song since then and thinking about Elfie going up to the top and, and, and the story of forgiveness and love and reconciliation that's in that musical. I just traveled to Pennsylvania and, and I turned 50 in June. And um, I had always wanted to try skiing. Well, I did. On New Year's Eve, I ended the decade with a brand new experience, bucket list experience. I don't have any broken limbs. Yay, that deserves applause. (laughs) Um, I don't have them because I quit when I knew I should have. Um, But I had heard about, you know, the whole way up I was saying, I was hearing, you know, this is what it's going to be like to put the ski boots on. This is what it's going to be like to stand on the skis. This is what it's going to be like to to glide and stuff. And um, I know I've got one person in here who's going to try skiing for the first time. And um, don't let me discourage you. Um, <laughs> but I put on those ski boots, and I still have, I have, I have some bruises, so just prepare yourself for that. But, um, but I put on the ski boots, and that was an experience. Then I put on one ski and landed on this hip, and um, got back up, put on the other ski, and a little bit later landed on this hip again. And then um, lost my poles and put it down, but I, it didn't stop me. I I went down the beginner discovery zone hill, which is about like this, three times, y'all. I have skied. I am good. (laughs) I am good. I don't need to go down that big hill. Maybe, I don't know, maybe for 60 I'll do that. But, um, But it was, I have a concept of what skiing is like now, at least a little bit, that much anyway. Um... I talked to, Dorothy, I talked to your dad after Oh Holy Night, and he said, I'd heard about Oh Holy Night for years. I'd even seen snippets of it, but until I came to it, I couldn't believe that was his first time coming. 
But he said that was his first time coming to a holy night, and he was just amazed and overcome with how incredible the music is here. And he said, you can feel Christ here. I felt Christ here tonight. In the Bible, there are many stories of people being overcome. One is in... um, is the story of the Queen of Sheba meeting Solomon for the first time. She's heard of him. She's heard of this man of God, this man of wisdom. And she travels far to see him. But until she meets him, until she has that first-hand encounter, she doesn't really get it. And she was overjoyed. And she said, Israel must be so overwhelmed with happiness with you. Thomas, he's one of the disciples that I think our confirmands can really relate to. Thomas was one of the disciples and he heard of the resurrection and he even heard of his disciple um, friends who had seen the risen Jesus, but it wasn't until he put his hand in Jesus' side and touched him that he was overcome with that sense that Christ really is who he says he is. Paul's story is filled with encounters that he had, he had heard about Christ. He persecuted people who believed in him. But until he met him on that road, until he had the scales on his eyes and they came off, he didn't really get it. And he would write about it. He would write about how we would be overcome when we began began to know Christ. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, had been to seminary, had had a holy club, had been ordained, but it wasn't until Aldersgate that his heart was strangely warmed. We often have experiences in our life when we know we're going to meet somebody that's going to really make a difference. If you've ever been to Montgomery on a civil rights tour and you go to Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, you'll meet a lady by the name of Wanda Battle. And I can tell you about her. I can show you some video of her, video of her but until you're in the room with her and you hear her sing this little light of mine and you hear her speak of the passion that she has for all people to know the dream that Dr. King had, you don't really get it. I had a pastor who was like that. I had heard about Joe Peabody Sr. And I met him at First Methodist, and he became my instructor, and he um, also was my pastor when I received my call to ministry. He's one of the greatest men I know. I'm going to ask you to pray for him. He is, um, as I understand it, in his last days. And um, that's going to be really hard to watch one of those people who has touched my heart. But he really showed me a new part of Jesus that I didn't get. These wise men had heard of the Christ child. For those who have children, for those who have grandchildren... You know what it's like to hear that a baby is on the way. There's a joy, but you can't really know this child. You see the sign of the child 
coming as the mother's womb grows. But until you hold that baby in your arms, until you see that child, you don't really get it. That's what epiphany is about. All these experiences, we can know about Christ. We can know how to get to Christ. But until we have that face-to-face encounter, we don't really get it. But when we do, we are overcome. C.S. Lewis said, theology is like reading a map. Merely learning and thinking about Christian doctrines. But if you stop there, it's much less real and less exciting than the experience of the terrain itself. C.H. Spurgeon said, How many people we know are content to know Christ's historic life. They read the Gospels and they are charmed with the Savior's history. They know all the incidents of His life, from His manger to the cross, but they don't know Him They are as men who have read Caesar's commentaries, but don't know Caesar. They know the life of Christ, but not the Christ of life. My words this morning may be insufficient. I can tell you where to find Jesus. I can refer you to the stars. I can refer you to the the prophecies, the scriptures, the signs, the map. I can tell you about Jesus, but what I want for you is a face-to-face encounter with him. One where you see him and you know he is Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the God's Son, the one who was sent that we might have life and know it abundantly. You may get excited about your journey, you may get filled with anticipation and even form a conception of him. But when you meet him, you will be overcome. You'll fall to your knees and you'll worship him. We can't journey to Bethlehem. We don't get to see the star, but we do have the opportunity to come and worship him. And we do have the opportunity to come to the table, which is Christ in 3D. We can be overcome as we meet him here at this table of grace this morning. And so I invite you, come, let us adore him. Would you pray with me? God, we ask that you would be with us this morning, that you would help us to remember your son Jesus as he told his disciples of what he would do for them, as he even took bread and broke it, as he took the cup, as he gave thanks for each, and he presented them to the disciples that night. He asked them to take and take those in as often as they could to remember what he has done and what he would do for them. And so today my prayer is that as we come and we take in the grace of Christ, the Christ of life, that we would meet Him and we would be overcome and we would fall to our knees and worship Him, that we would give ourselves as an offering as we remember and give thanks for all He has done for us. 
I ask, Lord, that you would just pour out your spirit on these gifts of the bread and the cup, that you would allow them to be Christ for us, that we might go into the world and be Christ for somebody, and that they, through our encounters with them, might have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, that they would be overcome, that they would know him and not just about him. We ask that we would start off this decade, this year, this month, this week in a spirit that is honorable and pleasing to you. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.